live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. No, you're not. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yes. <laughs> Here's next. <laughs> I think they are. I'm, gonna li- I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it occurred to me on the drive-in. This is wrong. But it occurred to me on the drive-in that it's very possible the Lord has allowed the, the COVID to happen so that we would consistently produce podcasts. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. He said, he said you guys aren't turning them out. Boy, See, I just feel like that is not linked together in the in the least. No, you at all. You don't think so? That's a bucket problem. Like we were just. Talking I saw about. a guy say. I saw a guy say uh, it was punishment because people the marriages aren't staying together. And I thought, hey, I got an illegitimate what? thing too. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should go to the extra grind it? store and see if they can sell me one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I thought, I th- what ridiculous <laughs> thing could could I think of? And there it was. Yeah, wow, I've good. seen some weird things of like people are trying to equate it to the seven plagues of Egypt, and uh, hey, I mean all kinds. It's got to be stuff. one of the four horsemen. Hey, exactly right, yeah. like plague. <laughs> Here's yeah. the deal. <laughs> you know immediately uh, that you're dealing with someone who has no idea what they're talking about when they call it the Revelations. Oh, yes. Uh, or Revelations. Any, yeah. So it's just got an S on it. You're like, you know what? You've oh, never read yeah. the book. Yes. Oh, yeah. Anytime I see a Facebook post that's like, man, we knew this was going to happen in the end times. I'm like, I'm, nope, I'm not. It's been happening the whole I time. Refuse, <laughs> I refuse to watch this. They called it when the blood moon came out. Yes, exactly. Hey, man, the blood moon. Hey, man, the Mayan calendar has something to do with the way that God predicted the end of the world. That's exactly what it's going to do. What? Yeah. What is wrong with you? The Lord works through the Mayan calendar. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, so I posted this this post. <laughs> an hour ago, right whatever. That was really kind of vague either way. Enough that would like fire people up on either side just to see what would happen. <laughs> and already I got somebody putting the conspiracy, you know, uh, oh, yeah. watch this video. And I'm like, oh, this is oh. great. I want to watch the show now. <laughs> yeah, but do you realize back in the 1960s, they pretty, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, come on, man. Uh, You're killing me. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's what I'll tell you. People who are really good at conspiracy are smarter than you. That's the thing. So, like, <laughs> if, I'm figuring out. If, True. if you ever look at it and you go, hey, man, I think I'm onto them. No, you're not. Because you're not that smart. People who have pulled off really good conspiracies, you're not onto them. Yeah. They're actually pretty good at it. It's actually what uh, I was watching this documentary on the Freemasons yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> my, my cow's quarantine going. <laughs> I don't know why. But anyway, I had watched one on the White House and then I watched one on the Freemasons and, like, this guy, I mean, the whole documentary is this guy asking questions like, could there be something secret? <laughs> like every five minutes. And then, like, he'd look at a layout of any map, and then he would draw a pentagram, like, putting together, like, points. And I'm like, I could do this on, I could do this on the bottom of my shoe. and be like, it's a devil's foot. <laughs> you know, like, right. it, it just, they're, pulled, they're like, what's their secret agenda? I'm like, I don't know. It, obviously, they stink at it. There's been Freemasons around since almost the beginning of time, and like they haven't come up with the new world order yet. So obviously, they're not that big of a force to be reckoned with. They're playing the long game, Mike. I, I right. mean, the super they're waiting long for the game. virus. The super long game. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you're listening live. Hey, isn't isn't this isn't isn't this our ten year? Isn't it March? Uh, yes, it would be this one. This would we be. We got to mention it before it's no April. way. Yeah. Hey, this great. is it. So next week, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to plan this big celebration and be like, oh, man, a ton of people wanted to come, but they couldn't make yeah. it because of the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, had, we had agreements from, like, the president yeah. and all the mayors. and That, that way, because people the... wouldn't actually show up. They'd look like it, it, it for legit reasons. That's our new conspiracy. Yes. 
It was it was it was other podcasts that put this whole thing together so that people wouldn't show up to our ten year anniversary. Yep, yep, yep. That's what's happening. Really you brought us. that into the room, Ben. Yeah, I'm jealous much, you know. That's, yeah. <laughs> Take that, Joe Rogan. All right. Uh, all right, so here's what, here's the thing. I said uh, we were going to try to do no uh, no corona this week, but uh, Mike has uh, and Booba both said they got some impactful things they wanted to uh, impart. I didn't say it like that. Yeah, yeah. You said. You I said, might have said it like I that. I can change said, the world with me. No, you said, hey, do we have anything else to talk about? I'm like, what else is there? Mike <laughs> said, let my soul float into the microphone and connect with yours and create a symphony. Mike, you did say three seconds before show start. Oh, I love myself. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I saw a memory of myself on Facebook earlier today that I just, man, I'm funny. I just, I say funny stuff. <laughs> I wish I could look back on my memories and go, man, I'm funny. Do you know that my, my wife writes down things that I say? And keeps it keeps like a running diary on her phone, of like uh, stuff that Mike says. No, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it goes back for for months, years, even like just random stuff that's come out of my mouth. And like every six months, she'll read me some of them, and I'm just I'm just ear to ear smiling. And I'm like, I am the best. <laughs> See, my fiance does the same thing. She remembers a lot of the stupid stuff I say. So my my re- recollection of those are usually not funny. It's like I said that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I said buffaloes are just hairy cows one time. No, yeah, yeah, Booba, you gotta you gotta convince your lady to only catalog the hits. <laughs> you yeah, I you feel like that would just be an exercise towards my pride, though. And so I kind of like the fact that she reminds no. me, hey, you think you're smart, but you say some pretty dumb things. It would not be an exercise to your pride because you would say, you know what, lady, go ahead and play the hits. And she's like, I I didn't hear any. <laughs> there are no hits. <laughs> I did not log any oh, hits. Oh, <laughs> got it. Okay, all right, fair enough. I dig that. Yeah, yeah. play the hits. <laughs> Put on the collection of boobins. Boovisms. <laughs> okay, uh, Mike, you were you were saying that uh, important takeaway from all the stuff that's going on is uh, is either pulling from a different bucket or recognize that you're sourcing your way of looking at the world from a very specific lens, and that's a risk. Yeah. So I mean, all I could do is talk to it from from obviously my perspective, which has gotten me into this mess in the first place, right? But like, all my opinions are coming from an extremely privileged bucket, right? Like, uh, as of up to this point. Um, I, I'm I'm not a food service worker or a surrounding industries. I'm I'm not. Uh, I work for an essential business, and so like I am not economically impacted up to this point. So my ideas are coming from economically are coming from that bucket. Um, as far as it goes, I'm a fairly fairly healthy whatever 38 year old dude. I'm not immune compromised. I don't live with someone that is. Um, and so the rest of my, you know, stuff will come from that bucket. I also live out in the country and not in a you know, 2,000 occupancy apartment building, right? And so there I'm pulling from that bucket as well. And, and like, the danger for me, which I'm I'm most certainly guilty of, right, is is using a big staff and and proclaiming this is the deal um, coming solely from that bucket. And, like, it'll take – this always happens with me. It takes me a week or two to to think about it and go, okay, you know, obviously I'm I'm, I'm pulling only from my area – and I'm missing empathy for people that are um, coming from a completely different point of view, right? And so, not to say that that the things that I that I, how I view like how we're operating under the guise of, of of the the virus and all that kind of stuff is is wrong. It's just uh, self centered. That's all. It, it's self centered, and 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 that is not uh, the heart that I think that I'd I'd prefer to have for people. And 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 even even to that end. Um, whether they should be calling social isolation and everybody just stay at their house and stop going out and no going to the grocery store and, and lock it completely down, I, I I can't say that I'm completely for or completely against. I to be honest with you, I'm I just don't know. I'm just gonna I'm I'm sitting in the bucket of humility a little bit here and going, 
I don't know. It seems like it doesn't hurt uh, to just enact the thing already if that's what you want to do, right? If we think that that is actually helpful, there's a we were just talking before the show started. There's perfectly healthy, um, you know, thirty-some-year-old guy that got it, and and he's not doing great, you know. And so like it brings the reality back again that 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 it wasn't necessarily just a a disease that goes after uh, you know people who are older or people who are immunocompromised, but like. It's pretty unflagellating on the way that it looks at just about everybody, and when it starts to hit closer to home, like I, I was just reading yesterday that uh, that Joe Diffie had died, the, the country music guy, and like that dude's got probably five or six solid hits from the '90s that were pretty darn good, you know. So I spent last night listening to some Joe Diffie tunes while I was driving, you know, and I'm thinking it, it could have just as been easily. I Joe Diffie could have been my grandpa, you know what I'm saying? Like, why do I look like that? That it's any any different? Joe Diffie was somebody's grandpa. You know, like, and the people that are dying are somebody's family and somebody's whatever. And, and where the pragmatic side of me likes to look at things and go, look, as far as the numbers go, we're going to shed, you know, the flu takes out 3% or whatever, or COVID takes out 3%. And, and I go, it's, it's a disease. And, and as far as the numbers go, there's no reason to get all fired up. But like, if it's your grandpa or your sister or your uncle, then there's a complete reason to get fired up. And so, like I said, all that was being fed from, uh, my own bucket i grabbed from what's around me and realizing that it was a selfish tactic i guess maybe i'm just like take a step or two back and and go you know i i don't i don't still don't know the right answers here but i do know that i was pulling from a bucket just completely around me and uh that's some pretty selfish living and so i i don't know maybe it's time to just take a step back and i'm not promoting you do everything the president says or nothing the president says or he's doing a great job he's doing terrible job neither one of those is, is what i'm after i guess what i'm saying is like if you're saying that like none of this is a concern and I'll do what I want. Um, you're pulling from a bucket just around you, you know? And so like if, if everybody stays home, then I suppose that's completely on the other end. And maybe I think that's too far and maybe I don't, I just, I just don't, I do not know. I was my first pandemic and uh, maybe I'm, maybe we're surfing, surfing the waves poorly and maybe we're doing it great. I, I just, I, I don't actually know. And filtering it through a screen um, that says Mike Foost on it, and like that's not a world. That's not a world view. That's not a. That's not a loving people view. Like if you got to love God, love people. You're not even on the first two of the list, right? You're people, but like you're there. God doesn't say before I leave this earth. Jesus goes and make sure you love yourself, Peter. Make sure you t- you do you do you <laughs> right. Uh, God ha- has no such commandment, and so like filtering through your own personal experience um, is not. We're called to be more servants than that. Have a more servant heart and a servant attitude than that. So I don't know whether that changed anything for you or whether you rock at that and maybe I just suck at it. I don't know. That's fine. Um, but I feel like that's kind of where I'm at today. <laughs> Not you guys, though. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> no, we're good. We've always been good. Uh, we're pretty compliant. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it does seem like you like you certainly run a, a, a risk that like you completely evaluate a situation from only your own perspective. Right, and that's that even beyond our current situation. Right, it's a, it's a, it's a height of selfishness that says the world works how I take it in. It can't work and doesn't work different than that. And other people's experience don't inform the way that they actually go about anything. Actually, I, it, growth in our understanding of the New Testament um, over the last fifty or sixty years 
has taken in a greater perspective of what were those people thinking? Like, what was their life like? So that you get your historical examples correctly and you understand the types of things they may be thinking when they hear, hear specific types of languages as opposed to, actually, just before we were talking about Revelation, that's the exact wrong way to get Revelation, right? Is to say, how does it look from my shoes mm -hmm. as if no one else has read that book over the last 2,000 years and it felt like it might apply to them? And so, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, in, in any situation, before you open your mouth, before you come to a conclusion... Uh, it seems super wise to say, hey, man, just think of anybody. Let's go with 10 different people and go, how does this look from their perspective? Uh, it starts to broaden your world. We tend to be uh, arrogant and ignorant at the same time. Oh, yep. You, Not you me. Know, what? Not you? Not me well, at all. Everybody but Booba. Yep. Here, here's how it works for me. Whichever video, five-minute video, I watch first, that becomes my hard opinion. <laughs> Dang it! <Yeah. laughs> I'm totally in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was man. like, and everybody else is stupid. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I don't know this guy's credentials. Right. And, you know, and I don't know the other guy's credentials. I just, then I, then I draw lines and sides, and I think, these are the idiots, and I'm the smart people. I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. I don't know anything medical. I don't know right. about a virus. Right. I don't know how to catch it. They don't even know how to catch it. I don't know how many people are really dying or how many people have had it. You know? And right. But but then we, we, we base everything off of that. It's like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm going to Walmart. Right. You know? Oh, Whatever happens to anybody else. I saw a video. And, yeah. I, I bet that we do that with everything. Yeah. So yeah. I, And Ben said we're not going to talk about this, but I, this, I don't care. <laughs> so, so, like, <laughs> we do what we want. Uh, like I was, I was you know the boss of us. I you don't know me. Yeah, I was, I was reading the article about the about the pastor that had service, right? And they had, oh, to, go, yeah. they had to go arrest him, right? Yep. And, like, the first thing that crossed my mind was, why are there so many people there? Yeah. Why did you go? Why did you go? Just because he said to go, right? Like, you don't have to arrest him. You should arrest everybody. Didn't he tell my communion was going to, like, you buffer you from the, the virus? I mean, oh, I can't yeah. remember the word he used, but uh, I mean, it wasn't buffer. Oh, but. no. Seriously? Yeah. I just <sighs> don't... When I, the, guy, the guy was... If it's he, the same guy. He he went against orders, right? Like shut down, shut down, whatever's right. But I could walk outside right now, and I could post on Facebook, "Hey, I want to get a uh, hundred people together in the park, and we're going to hold hands, and we're going to skip around in a circle, and we're going to say great things about each other." And nobody would be there because it's stupid. Because it's stupid. <laughs> you shouldn't go. We're under quarantine. People are not supposed to be out and about holding hands, looking at each other. And then a guy says, "Hey, I'm going to hold service," and like. At least seventy-five percent of that congregation should have gone. What? No, we're not going to go. Not we're not, we'll watch the live stream. It's not a big deal. We're not. Yeah. We're not going to go. Yeah. You know. But we got to do this. The Lord stands for it. He does not. He does not stand for that. He yeah. didn't say anything about that. Like you way oversold it. And so, just as much as the idiot that held the thing, I called him an idiot. I can't do that. Just as the misguided fella that <laughs> called the thing uh, shouldn't have done it. Nobody should have been there anyway. They shouldn't have shown up. So, I, and and maybe that's the thing with with pulling from your personal bucket here. Um, if it's the right thing for you to do to not be there, definitely do not go, right? You can bemoan the fact that, that other people aren't where you're at yet. They're not seeing it right. Once again, I don't think they're doing it with malcontent. Uh, I know I wasn't uh, doing it with, with malcontent. I, I think it was probably misinformation uh, and, and, and a narrow worldview from my perspective, right? But, like, at the end of the day, you, you definitely stay home. If you don't need to I know people that are quarantined for the last three weeks here. Right, because they have immunocompromised people living at their house, and they just don't want the shakeup or the trouble. And like, that's pragmatic. If we're talking about pragmatic things, then that's the way to do it. There should have been no one in that sanctuary. That guy should have been preaching to two guys who were hardcore crazy, and that's about it. But everybody else got to go home without being arrested. Boy, I'm just creating the silence today, boys. Sorry.
I don't know. Is there, there's no response to that either, huh? Yeah. It's uh, just crazy. <laughs> I, I did read an article today of uh, in this first starting out in America in in Washington, there was a choir that uh, they were warned to stay home and don't don't do anything. And the choir was like, ah, we're going to go ahead and practice. And like 80 people showed up out of the 120 or something. And, and then it wasn't long, and there were like 40 people had the virus, and two people had died, and, and uh, they were like, oh, I guess we shouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, man, I said something, I suppose, you, like, you can't, what would have it cost you to not go? Yeah. Like, maybe nothing. So we are a week or two late, uh, you know, off on our songs or something. That right. No one's, you know, going to pay that close of attention to. I guess as uh, much as, as I, as I have a hard time with people getting on social media and railing our response where I struggle with that, where I say, look, just take a little bit of humility here uh, and, and look at this thing. I, I'm guilty of the exact same thing, right? Like, the whole thing is, is almost made way more e- easier to palate if everybody showed up with a dose of humility. And it's the thing that our country struggles the most with. It's the thing that humanity struggles with the, the most with. Having a humble attitude uh, for uh, towards other people and towards your Lord and Savior. These are two things that, like, it is the ruin of everything that's ever happened, right? And so, like, I, it's a big ask. But realize that the things that Jesus says were the fix uh, are still the fix, right? That Jesus says that the least of these are still the fix, right? Like when Jesus says, uh, says love God and love people, still the fix. These are all the things that God's pointing us back to a world to operate the way that he designed. And, like, the things that we're saying are is, like, but I got to do my work. I gotta have my job. It defines me. It's who I am. I got the society, the way that America works, the way that the economy works. All these things are define our great nation, and they—that's true. They do define our great nation. They don't define you. And if they are your driving force behind the decisions that you're making, then you're sitting in the passenger seat, and someone else is driving you. You know. And so, like, I guess maybe it's—it's it's just a little bit of a turn in me that's starting to look at this thing and go, I, you know, I. I've, I, th- I think I could approach this whole thing with a little bit more humility. Uh, not to say that they couldn't as well, uh, but, like, I-, I definitely could. You know, like, I probably showed up at the choir thing. I'm still trying to I'm still trying to roast up. There was a church that burnt down last night in my hometown, right? And I'm still thinking, what are they going to do for Easter? How can we set up something so they can still get together for Easter? Wrong thought, Mike. Wrong thought, right? Like, I mean, good heart. Wrong thought, right? That's not what we're going to do. And so, so <laughs> like, it's still going through my head. It's not... It's not a hundred percent landing, you know that 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 this thing is going on. And it should be affecting, you know, almost everything that I do, and it, and it does not. It's a tough thing to grab, you know. So, I don't know, Booba. Do you feel like you've been keeping up on your beard maintenance better, <laughs> sanitizing the beard? I, I I do the same thing I've always done, Mike. That's disgusting. I I clean my beard. <laughs> I keep food in it. That's disgusting. No, I'm, I'm already the big fat bridge beard. troll. Nobody is not expecting me to have crumbs in my beard, so yeah. I have to at least live up to a little bit better than everyone's expectations. I, I was going to say I I keep food in your beard. That's <laughs> so that I can so that I can have it later. That is that is the grossest thing yeah, I've ever heard. Do you have that thing? Half a <laughs> half a chocolate granola bar. <laughs> was was that the, the chewy bar? Was the, that what I found? The lower quadrant. Oh, that's that's gross. That's just not what I want associated with anything about me, Mike. All right, is that all we need to say about it then? I've said my piece. I got I got no more grandstanding to do. Booba, did you have something? I can't remember. I <laughs> I appreciate that honesty, Ben. Um, yeah, I, what I'm trying to figure out is this. So a lot of the times when it comes to uh, what we talk about on the show and what we talk about in our personal walks and, and how we do things, I, I think that... 
we, I, at least I, I won't say we, I'll say me. I'm, I'm pretty bad about calling out people that just show up to church uh, at Easter and, and Christmas, right? And like the, the checkbox Christians, you guys have heard me say that a bunch of times probably. I, I call them out for stuff and I'm just like, come on, guys. Like you got to be de- digging deeper right now. Like you got to be digging deeper than just the Sundays and figuring out how to, how to walk with Christ every day of the week. Like that's the whole point. It's not just about getting together on Sundays, right? But like I'm not very good about taking a step back and going, well, how can I help with that? Like, how can I just, how can I not just say those words, but then actually give realistic things that people can be doing? And so there are so many people right now that felt up to this point, maybe not, not necessarily felt that way, but at least thought that way, that they had a relationship with God and they've had a relationship with him because they show up on Sundays and they're always there on Christmas and, and all this different stuff. But like, they're probably finding themselves in a place where they don't have that right now. Uh, whether they're just taking in the podcast from their or the live stream from their church that they go to, or they're not even digging on that because if nobody's watching, there's really no point in going. And so nobody's going to call them out for not going because nobody's going, right? What can we do as people that know that there's something deeper than that? Like, how can we as Christ followers that know there's a deeper ocean than that, know there's deeper faith than that, how can we start directing these people that are all around us? Like, these people are are all around us at all times. How can we start directing them in the right direction to let them realize that there is way more to your relationship than just showing up on Sundays? And now is a perfect time to start really investing all of your time and understanding what it's like to be in a real relationship with Yahweh. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's let, let's nail some premises down because this is basic discipleship, right? Yeah. Like, and 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 maybe maybe we've not done a good job at the just flat out basics of it. Uh, what is church for? Why do we do church once a week? At yeah, what's the purpose of it? As in coming together on Sundays? Yeah. Why do we do it? Uh, well, I would call it as what people would say is being in community with one another and learning. Like that weekly time that you get a chance to hear about God from the Bible and you're being taught and you show up and, and hang out with each other and have community and, and have that relationship with one another. Ben, do you agree with Buva's assessment? Uh, I, yes. In, ad- in addition, I would say it is a, it is a time for be, uh, remind, being reminded yeah. uh, of uh, it is a pattern of which God has set out for us. And so we honor that pattern. Um, it is one of which we are. Uh, should actually be more celebratory often, right? It's a reminder of things, of who God is and what he's done, and ultimately what that means for who we are and what we get to do as we go. Um, so, uh, like, boy, it's true. This is, it's, it's true to say, hey, you get recharged uh, and, and built up, but, like, uh, that, that is just a consequence of otherwise being reminded of who God is <laughs> and what he's done. Uh, of which, what we talk about teaching is that reminder um, and then what the Im- implication of that is. So, so yeah, I, I'm ultimately, I think I'm agreeing with move. I may use different words to do it, but yeah, generally speaking. Okay. All right. So in general, when we're talking about, uh, why we do a Sunday gathering, one, God has set it out, uh, for us as, as a pattern of, uh, of both Sabbath rest and celebrating, uh, the gift of salvation that we've been given as God's people, right? Like we show up as a group, we worship, uh, we're reminded of truths through the Bible and, and and these are all good things, and we celebrate uh, a community, right? These are all great things, and I think that's exactly what what getting together once a week is for. So, what is Monday for? What do we what do we do on Mondays that's different, right? Like if we were going to talk to a guy, uh, the, the 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 image that's always in my head is is like an old man who's eighty five years old, and 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 you go into his bedroom and you see them divots right by his bed where he prays every day, 
every day where that man is, is down on his knees praying, right? And you go, what, is it, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ on Monday? Because I think most people get, because of the social norms within the building, they get how the flow of church is supposed to work on Sunday, right? Like everyone else goes to sit down, so you go to sit down. Everybody else sings the tunes, so you sing the tunes. Maybe the guy next to you raises his hand, you raise his hand. You're like, yeah, okay. I get what's going on here. I get I can kind of to fall in with everybody else, right? Um, but since they're not around you on Monday, do you look like a disciple of, of Jesus Christ on Monday? And what should that actually look like? Right? Because when we talk about getting truths from the Bible, I can do that on Monday. I can do that yeah. on Monday. Now, maybe God has, has led us as a people through our teacher, Dan, or our teacher, Ben, and is leading us as a people for something specific or something that our community is guiding towards or things that God wants to Im- impress upon us, right? Like, and, and, and pastors will do this. They will not only read their Bible and come up with uh, the things that they want to teach on, but the pastors that I know will pray about what they're going to teach on. Sometimes they just, uh, you know, God don't answer, and so you pick Ezekiel or something, right? But normally, like, you'll pray on it, and you'll be like, God, what would you have us do? If there's anything you'd have us do, I'm willing to shove my plans to the side and do what you'd have us do. So let's do that, right? So, so overall, we're talking about um, the church being a community, and it's led like a community, right? Where if we turn around on Monday and say, what does your discipleship of being a disciple of Jesus Christ look like on a Monday? If it looks like nothing, then you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? Like if it looks like nothing, if, if, there are, if, if there's no praying, if there's no Bible reading, right? If there's no worship in your heart, if you don't have a have a, a heart for the Holy Spirit and open to what God has going for, on for you today, I mean, if we're being honest, I don't know that you are actually a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're a guy that goes to church, uh, which is a perfect place for you to meet Jesus and perfect place, place to be surrounded by people that you know their first two tenets of life are love God and love people. So it's not like it's a bad community to be, to be in, but if your Monday has doesn't even have an echo of your Sunday, then that's probably an issue, right? Right? So so I guess what we're saying is like without the church to guide you and without that Sunday meeting, um, if you don't have any clue what to do, we need to talk to you about what being a disciple is. Right? Of of of, of wanting to to be in God's word throughout the week. And I'm not talking about like a regimented unless you need it, right? But like a regimented if you didn't do it on Tuesday, you're a sinner now. That's not what I'm talking about. But like there's a reason that, like, David's uh, uh, after God's own heart, right? Like, he has a thirst for his righteousness and his precepts, right? Like, he has a want to know more about what God has going on and what his heart is. And, and being open to the fact that the, that the good news of both y- of, 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 of the creation of the world that we live in and the forgiveness of the world that we screwed up, right? There's a want to be part of that and go, what well, seems like if anybody's got this figured out, Yahweh does and Jesus does. So... Why don't I, I want to know more about what they're doing. And so, so if we put all that in a big old bucket, as I've rambled on, uh, if we put that all together and say, if we are trying to figure out how to be disciples of Jesus Christ um, without our Sunday gatherings, because there's no one to mirror, it's just you, um, then we need to talk about what it's like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ anyway. But I, th- I, think, th- I think the missing piece whether you meet on a Sunday or not or in a building or not or, or whatever is what do you do with your faith? What's the hands and feet you put on with the scripture you've read? 
You know, is, is that kind of what you're talking about? It's like, okay, we're in this crisis pandemic. Oh, everyone's, you know, and it, we're all, the churches hunkered down and we shouldn't be the ones hunkered down. We should be the ones serving the community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What does this look like for, uh, we need to be markedly different than everyone else. Like there's a point to that. Yes. Yes. Like how, how do I respond if my, what do I do with the nursing home that's down the street? And I just sit and think, boy, I hope they don't get it. Or, or, or do I do something to encourage them somehow? Mm-hmm. And may, you know, when's the last time I've gone outside the window, I gets kind of maybe creepy going knocking on windows. Hey, you, <laughs> my name's Dan. So <laughs> maybe I, so, so the, the thing is, is that the, the thing that you're talking about, I feel like are thought processes, um, for I would probably say ten percent of the church. Yeah. So so yeah. So what is the disconnect? Why is it? Why would you feel lost that we don't have a Sunday morning service? That it's all digital. Does it matter that it's digital or that we're sitting in a in a chair? Does it matter? It, does that affect my Monday or Tuesday right. or Wednesday? Shouldn't I still be the the church that is energized to go out into the world and say, Hey, don't worry, God's got this. Yeah. Even if you die, God's got this. Hey, I have, I'm gonna. You're going to die, by the way, sooner mm-hmm. than later. God's got this if you let him. And, and we're, we're kind of like just freaking out. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, no, toilet paper. Y- yeah. You know, and, and that's the I, thing that's that's killing me is like, yeah. Arden, I, we should be the ones who are bringers of peace and joy right now. Like we have something that's beyond all of these circumstances through Christ. Like we've got peace through mm-hmm. this and we've got joy through this and we've got we've got steadiness. Like there's 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 no reason for for the craziness. We know who wins. OK, so 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 where are you getting that from? Why do we? That's I. I think that's maybe what I'm getting at here, right? Like, if you only get to stop by and fill your and fill up your your red solo in the in the the church pool on Sunday, and you drink that cup for the whole week until you get to the next Sunday, you're out now. You're out because right. we're not there, right? Even the teaching that you can watch online, you're still not there to dip the cup, right? And so I guess what I'm saying is, is like. You have the cup at your house. You have the pond at your house. You have the lake at your house. You have the Bible at your house, and you have a Holy Spirit that wants to talk through you uh, to the the Creator God. And I can I can guarantee you from every black shadow of my life, where where I felt like I was not connected with God, it's because I wasn't doing either one of those things. Right. I was not consistently reading my Bible, and I was not praying. And 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 mostly, to be honest with you, the praying part. The praying, the praying, the praying, the praying, and validating through Scripture, 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 right? Like you can't, there's not a, a healthy way to have an extreme or the other. Uh, God may have created you to find uh, scriptural stuff uh, very interesting or given you a uh, ability to teach it or understand it in a way that is different than others, but doesn't mean it can be devoid of a healthy prayer life. And like I can tell you right now I don't pray enough. I, I know I don't. So, but I think that goes back to Dan's point: is that like those things were true for you, and this is your first pandemic, yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, it's it's not related necessarily to the fact that uh, that the church can't gather on a Sunday. It's related to the fact that people are uh, c- consume the church gathering as opposed to allowing it to otherwise influence the week that comes ahead. And mm-hmm. I think it is, becomes more complicated now, or it becomes easier to consume because it feels like what we consume. So at least you had to go to the building, and it felt like you might be putting something into it, and maybe interactions with people and your situation may cause you to walk away and change something. I think the fact that the church cannot meet physically in our current environment um, I don't think it causes. Here's the thing. I think it just draws cl- lines that were already there. They just become clearer. The people who right. are going to do something, we're going to do it anyway, and have been doing it. The people who are consuming from your church, 
are still just consuming, but they're taking in the media, yeah. and they, they don't even notice the difference. They're like, yeah, man, I took it in. And they feel very good, good about themselves for having taken it in without making a distinction at all that you actually aren't following Jesus. You're just we're called you're, to be transformed. Uh, that's right. And we're just consuming. It, well, it, yeah. T- and so to that extent, it's like um, if you're showing up to if you're showing up to church and you're consuming and you're like, boy, I like to be educated and I like to eat donuts uh, and I like to sing. Those are all good things. But that is not being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, you're just you're peeping in the window. You're stealing things that belong to the Lord, and then and then putting them on and going, boy, I look good in this. Okay, so take it take it from a perspective, not from a guy who is shining it on and doesn't care, right? Take it from the perspective of which I, I maybe I misunderstood the heart of Boob's question here, but like from a guy that feels like without being able to meet as a community, he's lost and doesn't know what to do. This is a guy that does care, and like he just flat out doesn't know what to do. Okay, so so the question is. Uh, I think it's a very niche person, I suppose. Maybe that's what I'm reacting to. Really? Uh, yeah, beca- because here's the thing is that, like, I don't know how you can attend any church, most churches, I guess, and walk away from that and go, yeah, no, this really has no impact on my now, life. How can the Holy Spirit be in you and not see a need and think, oh, I'll do nothing? Now, okay, now, now hold on. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back that up just a little bit because I think there are more than enough churches that, that without saying it outright, uh, purvey themselves as being enough. Stop going there directly. I, the, but that's the thing. The guy won't know the difference. <laughs> right. That's the no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Th- th- yes. that's, that's what I'm saying is that the people, I, I think, but the same person that doesn't know the difference is the same person that doesn't wonder on Monday morning, what do I do? Because they don't notice the difference. They were satisfied. They thought that's all they had to do. But, uh, so the thing is, is like, and, and, and I, I think you, this, is gonna, this is not a direct uh, fire shot to bow here. It's going to come off as if I'm, I'm coming after a lot of churches there. I'm really not. But like. Sometimes they like like even church programming will fill their week so full with options to be at the church and to be and and multiple classes and you're there five nights a week out of the seven and whatever and like you'll come to find out that that guy attended every single one never cracked his Bible open home at all always prayed in a group never prayed by himself do you know what I'm saying is yeah. what you didn't do is create a disciple you created a guy. That shows up at church all the time because he believes that the church is enough. Or shows up to the men's breakfast or the small group or like whatever, th- or even things that say, like, um, it doesn't even require like a programming aspect. It would be like, oh, I invite this guy out for coffee and me and, me and Ted have coffee all the time. Right. That's and a Jesus meeting check. Yeah, because I love Jesus and I want him to love Jesus more. But the fact that we drank coffee made us holy. Ah, I think there's great. I, there's a lot of people that have grown in their faith meeting with uh, uh, and, and me Agreed. as well meeting them with coffee. There's a lot of people that have made growth in church classes. Yeah, I'm not saying bad things about exactly. Them. But but the the point is is that if we give the the um, if you set it up where people feel like if I just attend, uh, then I'm doing all right, and they may and then if you get in a situation where they can't attend the things and like, well, I, what I actually do as a disciple of Jesus is that that's the core question. Someone goes, look, uh, I this is I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. More, and that's probably how we're going to phrase it. Uh, Monday morning shows up, and they say, "Great, now what? What do I do?" Is it is it like are, is it realistic to say there's people who say, "Look, I love Jesus. I literally don't know what to do with myself right now." Hmm. Are, are, we're saying that you don't think that guy. Exists. No, I know. I think he does exist. Hmm. I think it. I think it is. Uh, it's hard to. The realization is difficult because most of the time, if you're going, if you felt. Um, satisfied with attendance alone as driving oh yeah i have a good relationship with jesus it wouldn't it's not occurring to you because you felt like it was satisfying but but there are times in which you say look if this 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 is life or death so it was we were teaching in uh, luke 7 this week and uh jesus shows up and he touches luke's the only guy that tells the story he shows up uh walks into the town of nain and 
a, a, a man has died, a only son of his mother who's a widow. Okay, it's a small town, like two hundred people, and they're carrying the body out on the bier and uh, going to go bury him. And Jesus shows up with a crowd of people that's following him around, and he says he goes up to the woman and says, um, "You know, stop crying, D don't weep." Uh, and I think at his crux, like this is either the best. He's either bringing the best possible hope or he's a jerk because, like, they don't know who Jesus is. It's not like they pick him out by face. And, like, who are you as a stranger to show up to someone and go, hey, I know your son died, but you, could, you should stop crying. It's a, don't weep. Uh, and, like, so it, it, it puts the crux of if Jesus brings the best possible news, then there's no way he's a jerk. This is awesome. If not, the behavior that he's presenting is not good at all. And like it was, it was a weird story for for it to hit me over the last uh, like like on on Saturday. Is I thought like um, it expresses it in different ways where your faith actually means it. Like this means a lot to be honest. Like if the thing we believe is true, then it brings the best possible news. If it's not true, then like the way that we're going about things and the life change we're trying to call and forcing in our own lives and trying to get our kids to believe, like uh, it's a, it's it's oppressive. Frankly, like if it's not real, then it's just then it feels like behavioral control. Um, and frankly, there's a lot of places where it feel, will feel jerky. And so I say that to say, if you are, if, if, I think there are times of when it would just hits people where they're like, you know what, there has to be some consequence. If this is true, then it has to mean more than what I think, than what I'm feeling, than my level of interaction, than the fact that my day-to-day -day life doesn't change. And so I think that does happen. I think it does hit people every once in a while where it just says, look, it, it, this can't be all there is. And that's not a fault of anything that they've been going to. It's not a fault of the guys having coffee with. It's not a fault of the of the, the the cool discipleship class it's not a fault that the of the teaching that's going on it's just that sometimes like it just god has to knock people over the head to say look this is of consequence man like either this means absolutely nothing or it changes absolutely everything and like if you've if it's changed absolutely everything for you it's you look at people who treat it like it, it can't mean much or it's just like a social gathering and you, it's, it's it perplexes you you're like how could how could you not commit any further than this how, how, how have you not opened your bible for three months how, how, how have you not prayed forever? And how, how does this thing not move you? Um, but, but like, I, to a certain extent, that God does do that. Uh, God works through people, and God has moments in which it hits somebody. But So if that's the setup of the premise, which makes sense to me, now the question is, the guy goes, you know what? This does change everything. Now it's Monday morning, and I've realized it. Now what do I do? That's the thing you're asking, Boova, right? Yes. Okay. What does he do? What do you tell him? He calls you and says, look, it's Monday morning. I, 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 I finally understand. This changes everything. What am I supposed to do today? Let's read our Bible. I'll start. I'll do it with you. Let's start in Mark. Start number one. Mike <laughs> fired up Mark. Mark chapter one. Yeah. No yeah. birth narrative. <clears throat> Moving on to Jerusalem. Yeah. We're going right in. <laughs> okay. Number two, you need to find some uh, alone time to be with God. What does that mean? That means that means you need to sit and you need to uh, spend some time realizing who He is uh, before you start get ramping up into prayer. Realize. Who you're talking to? What does somebody tell me? You go through the alpha, alphabet with uh, attributes of God, right? Like you start out with A, and you're like, uh, God, you are awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like get all the way through the alphabet. Get yourself nice and prepped up to realize who you're talking to. It'll kind of filter out some of the, the stupid things you were going to try to talk to him about, right? But it also puts you in the right perspective to realize that you're talking to a king and a creator and a, and a, and a redeemer. You may not know that. You may not be able to get through the alphabet. Yeah, that's okay. Skip the ones you don't know. Okay. We're firing up. I was going to say, I've been doing this for a while. I don't know if I could do X and Z. You are a zucchini. Yeah. yeah. No. They, they don't even, they don't no. even put that on this. I, I would limit Lord, to Lord, you are zany. You are the x-ray to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Psst. 
stick to this category's dice. There's only 20 letter or numbers on the uh, letters on this category's dice. Nice. You can skip the other six. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. So, uh, okay, great. That's it. Disciple of Jesus. I start with those two things. I, th- I think I. I oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Dan. I I, I think it's if you overcomplicate it. Ho- hopefully, you're already there. They're already there. That's kind of the idea that they're already. Anyway, I'm not going to downplay what you said because those are the two you're, things I would always tell people. I was going to say you're going to downplay reading the Bible and praying. Yeah, don't do the Bible tough. and pray thing. That's dumb. <laughs> that's tough life, man. Yeah. Those are just precursors. Absolutely dumb. No, but let's say you have all that. You get who he is. Everything. What do I do? I think the simplest thing is you start out with, okay, God, what what do you got for me today? Give me opportunity. Give me open doors. Prayer. You're saying. Paul said, right. Pray that we might have open doors. That's pretty boldly, right? And then look for him. And you'll find them. They're everywhere. Open doors are everywhere. We usually walk past them and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, to, to show you, to speak to you and listen to him like, oh, I should go talk to that person who's petting their cat. You know, you probably wouldn't have got that from the Bible scripture reading that day, but you would from the Holy Spirit. Who, who's, you know, if you're looking for open doors, you're looking for opportunity, he will guide you. Right. Present your day as if, as if your faith This is your day, something. God. I'm just your servant. Right. I'm out doing servant. That, that you being a disciple of Christ has consequence today. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has right. consequence. Something yeah. something can or will happen. Yeah. And you're and open you don't it. check it out until next Sunday. Uh. You know, it's like, no, today today I'm a believer. Today I'm a follower. Yep. Tell me where to go. I'm following you. You and lead I, the way. I would expect that from your Bible reading too. Like um, yeah. like if you're gonna read if you're gonna read something, say, uh, look, look I, I'm either learning everything you're gonna read in the Bible is gonna tell you something about God or something about you or something about the world that's around you. Uh, either way, all three of those things can otherwise contribute to the notion um, of what do I do today, right? Because if I learned God's character, then I say, God, you show me, you taught me this today. I want you to open my eyes on how I can reflect your character in my action today. How can I take this thing? There was uh, I was reading Psalm uh, 119 uh, this morning, and it was like all about uh, every, I love your precepts. I love your law. Your law protects me. Uh, help me to 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 um, in my righteousness, even as people try to tell me otherwise or make fun of me or whatever. Help me cling to your law. And so, like, if I'm praying this morning, I'm saying, God, you've reminded me that your precepts are good. Okay, that what you lay out and say is good. I believe is good. Um, I need you to show me how to live that out today. And whether it's because I run up against uh, someone who's saying this precept is not good, uh, or it's a reminder that when I have a path to choose, that God gave a path as good, and I need to be faithful to it. Whatever, I got a clean path to it. You have to be open to vagaries here because the odds of a man rolling up to you at the local gas station going, by the way, God's precepts are not good. (laughs) Well, I've heard otherwise. (laughs) I've heard they are good. (laughs) Who is this man? So, so actually, this this is a good this is a good opportunity. Just as a reminder that that this on how this works. So, I've been praying over the last uh, I want to say three months uh, for a particular situation, and it was a particular person that they might want to know Jesus. And like, uh, as far as I knew, they had no interest in it. They dipped their two uh, toe in and said, "Eh, yeah, I'm not interested in this at all." And so, over the last three months, I've been I've been saying, "Look, anything I try is not going to work here, God. I need you to send the Spirit ahead of me." Please send the Spirit ahead of me um, so that what we're doing is responding to someone who wants it as opposed to trying to dredge people out who simply don't want anything to do with it. Uh, yesterday, I got a call, and that person that I had been praying for and said, God, God said the Spirit ahead of me, said, hey, we, we want to know more. I want to know more. Can we get together and get some more? And I'm like, freaking awesome. 
and that had nothing to do with me at all. No, no slick wording, no, no other attempts. I said, just send the spirit ahead of me and prepare a heart, Lord, so that I can say the things that I know to be true, because that I can do. Uh, and so it, it, it's just a reminder that um, it's an active. It's, it's an active. We've talked about this multiple times, guys, and, and it, it's worth the salt at all. When you see the words love, when you see the words faith, when you um, see the word believe, all three of those things in the Bible are action words. They're very, I, it, I'm not even aware of a, Dan, maybe you would know, is there a Greek word that is as passive as we talk about things like faith and believe in the English language? Like almost all those things are active in some form or another. Yeah, I, I, yeah Okay, too, been too long. <laughs> Dan's going to have to get Greek, the concordance what? out. What? <laughs> yeah, so like, I, I, I'm not even aware of a Greek word that, that reflects uh, I believe, but I don't do. Like that's foreign it's a foreign concept uh, mm-hmm. f- for us to think that, that we have. Well, I mean, I guess James is addressing it, right? You have faith, but not words. There's some study in James that, that, yep. that has something. Strong's G4752. <laughs> Strong, exactly. G. And welcome to Open Forum. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Hey man, you got to be at least 35 to get that joke. <laughs> um Okay, so 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 I guess if you're, like, you're waking up and you say, "Look, um, great, I've taken it in. What am I supposed to do?" I mean, ultimately, uh, the, 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 your life should reflect uh, faithfulness. It should reflect your identity in God. It should re- reflect uh, Jesus is saying, "Go and do likewise," and so go do the things that I do. And so um, you you use prayer to guide that. You use Scripture to inform you of things you don't otherwise know, so that you, so that as you uh, are faithful to that. It changes how you interact with people, and then recognize that if you don't find opportunity every day, then I, I think we're probably not looking at it right. I can't um, cannot imagine you're going a full day and not having the opportunity to demonstrate a faithfulness to Jesus in the things that you're doing. So I, I, I and maybe this is why I bang this drum so hard, but like um, I am constantly in conversation with people who are feel like they're failing at this, and the same people are not reading their Bible and not praying. That's it. They're not doing either one of those things, and they're like, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's really making any difference in my life. I don't feel like I'm following Jesus. I still follow in the same patterns of sin. And I say, how's your Bible reading going? Well, you know, I don't really do. How's your prayer life? Do you feel like you're, you're, you're talking to God on a pretty regular basis? I mean, I, I do my best. I try, you know, I, I, I try to fit it in. And, like, here's the thing. If you're not doing those two things, I just feel like all the other stuff that we talked about, I, 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 I've not run into this mythical creature. Whereas, like, I'm reading my Bible every day, and I'm praying all the time, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's not engaging with me. I've never met a guy that said that to me, ever once. They always come up to me with the problem, right? Like, I feel like I'm disconnected. I feel like God is not making a change in my life. I feel like everybody's got these great stories about how God turned their heart inside out and, 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 and made them into a new creation, and I'm just not feeling that way. How's your Bible reading going? Well, how's your prayer life? Nah. What? These are the things. These are the things, right? Like, there's, there's plenty of, of other Christians who are, um, have been through the things that you're going through and can help you navigate uh, the way on, on how we disciple and how we get, get through life, right? But, like, I can promise you, if you are not reading your Bible and you are not praying, they're going to sound like empty words. No matter, you could talk to the greatest uh, teacher of, 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 of Christianity, and they will sound empty and hollow, like they're coming through a, a, a microphone that's unhooked. Unless you're actually reading your Bible and praying. Like, it won't mean anything to you. It will have nowhere to land. There will be no fertile soil. It will just be you taking it in going, dang, I wish I could do better. I'm, not, I'm terrible at this. God must not be helping me at all because I still suck. And you're missing it, right? So, I'm, like I said, I've, I feel like that I've, I've not run into this guy you guys were talking about. 
that like can't figure out what to do with himself. The Holy Spirit's not interacting with him. And he's nailing his Bible reading. And he's praying all the time. No, yeah, I don't know anybody like that. I can't. I've, I've just. I've not met this guy. <laughs> but, but was that? Did we help or no? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think you guys did. But here, here's where I'm at. Is I, I have this. <laughs> I have this weird dual feeling because I'm worried, but I'm also kind of hopeful for this situation because I, I'm praying for the comfortability of people that are so used to their entire walk with Christ being on Sundays and that's it. And, and the consumers, like we've talked about a couple times now, the consumers rather than doers, right? I, I'm, I'm fearful for that kind of situation because they don't have that right now. But I'm also kind of hopeful for, for that destruction of comfortability. Like, I'm really hopeful for that destruction of, of, of routine in a good way, where they recognize that they, can, they see the, the chasm that is, is created when they don't get to consume. And they don't get to consume the way that they're used to doing it. And they've gotten into this, this pattern, this, this, this place where they're constantly going on Sundays and even <laughs> habitually going on Sundays. But that's it. That's the extent of it for them is, is they consume on, on Sunday and hope that that's going to be enough sustenance for them to get them to the next Sunday. And if they're not getting that right now, I, I worry, but I'm also hopeful for maybe they go, well, there's got to be more. There has to be more. And, and I, I really hope that's happening. And so that's what I'm worried about. And I, that's where I think that it, it's big on us right now for people who do have – a relationship and people who do understand what Tuesdays look like and people that do understand what Thursdays look like and what's it like to wake up on a day that isn't Sunday and, and, and recognize that today is the Lord's day. Also, <laughs> it's not just Sunday. Every day is his day and I need to act that way. And, and I hope that there are people that are taking up this mantle in a way that, that they can help communicate those to those people that are feeling that chasm. And, and guiding them towards what's right and understanding that like yeah you you're feeling that you're feeling that that empty hole there because you don't get that consumption because there's more to this than you were taking in there's a lot more well and, and i wonder if um a, a lot of the root of that is just it's just a it's, a it's a misunderstanding of of what it is you're doing when you say i want to follow jesus even the think of what you're doing when you're in at baptism there's a sense of a death right. there like your your life your choice of life the, the your kingship over your own life is dying and you're resurrecting under a new king who leads you in a specific way and if the thought of you swapping out kings you're gone new guy in charge and new guy in charge does not care Anything that you do except for a few hours on a Sunday morning, <laughs> you've mistakenly, you're mistaken. That doesn't make any sense at all. And right. so and I, th that's the thing is that like um, Jesus, it's not you plus Jesus. That's, that isn't how it works. And it's just, it's just um, we have a, a low, a low understanding often, a low conception of, of Jesus as a king, as a ruler. Right. Um, th I mean, th th it's, it's the same thing where, where most people... Um, I saw. I was watching a, a video this week of some uh, guy who was an atheist who was uh, upset that God uh, Freemasons caused people. Tiger no, King, no Freemasons. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, anyway, he was upset because God uh, chose to drown people for, uh, during the flood. Like, couldn't he just poofed him out of existence? Right? Why did he have to drown? Uh, <laughs> Thanos. But, but here's the thing, though: is that like uh, where I believe that God is who He says He is, and that He's good. Uh, I don't question His ways of going about things. Yeah. Right. But if you don't, if you're trying to decide whether he's okay, whether you, you, you will accept what he does or does not do, uh, whether he's real or not as to whether he does the things that you agree with or not, like, you've, 
you're not thinking of him as, as a creator God or as a king. You're just thinking of someone who you're like, well, it's an objective measure as to whether I care what he does or does not do. And like, I care whether he's consistent uh, because that, that would make sense to me that he says he is. But past that, uh, how he goes about things, like, again, if I assume that he's true, that he's real, and uh, is good, then there, it must be justifiable. Like, there must, there must be a way to think about that. And so I say that to say, when we talk about Jesus as a king, that, like, if you don't accept the premise that Jesus is a king, if he's anything else than the person that gets to totally dictate uh, how your life should go and what way you should behave and what your day in and day out should look like, um, you're going to struggle with this. Because you're you're basically saying, how can I? Uh, you, it's not built in for you to say, well, God, whatever's going on today, it's yours. You tell me what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's so foolish to think that it's only a couple hours, right? That that's a false god. That, that that's the I brought the I brought the meat to Dagon, and that was it, and we were happy with it. And like it's, that's a fake thing. If either he's a king or he's not. If he's not a king, then you shouldn't bother worshiping him. If he is the king, then he wants your whole life, and that that's Monday, Tuesday, everything that ends up with the why. He's he wants it. And so I, th- I think it's just a misunderstanding. Like, would we, we would, would we agree to that on paper? Maybe we would. But, like, if that doesn't have a consequence into your life, then I, you're just saying it. Mm-hmm. You're just saying it for, with your words. Uh, and, and, frankly, if, if then I have to, if I agree to that's the premise and say, well, then what does, what does God want me to do? And I think I don't know. Well, then how could you otherwise not be compelled to do the things we're talking about? Reading your Bible, <laughs> praying, and yeah. say, what is it? Yeah, you want to know the will of your king and what he wants in your life. But like, but but that's that's where it starts. Like, if you um, if you don't otherwise meet Jesus as a king, as a mm-hmm. Lord, um, yeah, that you're going to struggle with this. If he's otherwise here to serve you, then it's not going to seem like a problem. It's never going to occur to you. Man, in all honesty, I still struggle with that. I still struggle with that. Like, I I do my best to to be reverent to God and 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 to to put myself in in a lowly place where I recognize the the enormous distance between myself where I'm at and his perfection and holiness. And like, I'm terrible at understanding of, of, of what it means to be subject to a king and, and what that looks like. And so, dang. Yeah, like, th- think of like uh, all, all the really cool movies where there's a good king and he asks you to die in the battle and people are like, yes. Right. I'd love to do it. I, for, for honor of the kingdom. Yeah. And like, look at this. We're just skeptical. We're like, eh, I don't, you know, is this really worth the fight? Is this, you know, yeah. is this what we're saying? I want to die for my king. Well, do you want to talk today? No, I'm good. No, I'm all right. No, I'm I, fine. I'm hey, there's a whole book about me, and it tells nothing but truth, and it recognizes my identity, and it's going to help you live. Do you want to read it? Nah. nah Tiger I'm King. Ah, <laughs> Tiger King's on. Tiger King's <laughs> on. Dang it. I, it's, here's the thing. Is that, like, it's, it's funny, but, like, it's, I don't think it's off. It just doesn't often occur to us. Like, on a given day, what did I, t- what did I choose? What did I Tiger King instead of whatever that God may have in front of me? Yeah, Tiger right? King don't ask nothing of me. <laughs> he just asked, me to he just asked for my vote and dropped my jaw. <laughs> As a guy who's been teaching this stuff for 36 years, that's probably been my number one frustration in life. Is I don't know. You can't make people want that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't make people. Acknowledge him as Lord, you know? right? Because uh, uh, they all play the game. Everybody says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, cool God, yeah." Right. But you know, you just know from the fruit that it's not real, right? Um, and it's like, if there's any, that's, that, isn't that what Paul wept over? Like, I, I'd give my own life if, if just my own countrymen would just get this, right? You, you right. know, but but they didn't, and so he just you just preach, you just teach, you disciple, you do what you can. And you know some are going to catch it and some are not going to. 
But I wish there was some button. I wish there was some, you know, some. Man, I can't make it happen. You know, yeah. here's the thing. I used to I used to be a bouncer downtown. Okay, I used to I used to work security in, in nightclubs and bars. This is new information. It's new information. What? People call me biscuits. Was I great. was the biggest guy in the room. Yeah. I could no, I wasn't actually. He'd be proud of me. I wasn't immediately going to start putting myself up like I was the toughest. <laughs> I, was I was a monster. Yeah. Guys, you're right. I wasn't going to say that. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate Hulk Hogan that. traded blows. <laughs> yeah, one time I got in a fight with a seven foot nineteen guy. It was crazy. He weighed he eleven thousand pounds. For arms. Oh man, it's crazy. I threw up a truck and hit it at him. It was great. It was no problem for me <laughs> <laughs> I caught a bullet with my teeth I, it was crazy <laughs> yeah I've, I've been shot at by AK-47 it's, it's whatever okay uh, no I'm actually proud of myself I wasn't going to say anything like that um, no I, I was working security and, and all the time I would have people come up to me drunk out of their minds and would like want my cell phone number or would want to give me their snapchat or want to connect some way right and and I'd always take down their number but I'd pretend I was writing it and I would always be like yeah I'll call you like we can hang out next week like, yeah, absolutely. You seem like a super cool guy. You've, you've almost vomited on me like four times now, but whatever. Like, yeah, we, you seem super cool. Let's hang out. Let me get your number. I'm going to call you. What? You're the Carly Ray Jepsen of the bouncing world? Oh, absolutely. 100%. You're the call me maybe? Yeah, I'm the call me maybe. <laughs> okay. No, I'm the guy that gets said that. So I treat God like that constantly to where I'm like, yeah, God, I got your number. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, I got your number. I promise. I'm gonna give you a holler, right? Like I got your number. I'm gonna give you a call. I promise, dude. We're best friends. We are besties. We have this what this fantastic connection from this interaction. I'm so excited, and I feel value from meeting you. I'm gonna call you. I promise. Yeah, I got it written down, and I'll even show him. Like I got it. I got it. It's in. I'm gonna call you, and then I've never even written the number down, and I've never called him once. And I've never been like, hey, man, do you remember Do you remember anything from last Saturday? If you don't, I'm Booba. I've, I literally treat God like that constantly where I'm like, dude, I'm going to call you. I, I promise you. I'm going to call you. We're going to chat. We're going to have a relationship. This is going to spark a, a relationship between us. And I never do. I'm so fickle when it comes to that. Like, that's ridiculous, man. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's a good metaphor, Booba. Ugh. I hate that. We treat God like a like a drunk frat guy. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It kills me. We come to his party on Sunday. And we're like, yeah, we'll get together. This yeah, man, sometime. we're best friends. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we met. This is the greatest day of my life. I'm super excited. Do you like furniture? I love it. Let's party. So like, this, is a cra- this is the crazy God we serve, right? It's like you drunkenly roll up there to him, and you're like, I'll call you this week. Right. And he smiles and puts his hand on and your shoulder. And knows I'm goes, not going to call him. No, you're not, son. <laughs> right. No, you're not. He knows I'm not going to call him. <laughs> but guess where he'll be next to. week? Yeah. <laughs> he'll be like, hey, man, why don't you call me? Yeah, I'm going to call you, God. I'm going to give you a holler. I, I promise you. I Any got your week, number. He turns around. Yeah. Right, exactly. He's like, man, I just wish he'd call me. Yeah. I you just always wish. like, Jesus, you vouched for him. What's his deal? <laughs> 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 He's saying, Lord, Lord, don't you know him? Oh, man. God, I'm sorry I haven't called you. Dang it. I need to start calling more often. Excellent. Ugh. But, but you know, I think it's that's the realization though. Cuz now you're going to make it a checkoff list, you know. Yeah, I needed to pray four times, you know. It's right. Like, it's the, it's that attitude of understanding who you are and who he is right. and where you are in it. I want to inherently and want that. In that. That's right. You want to want that. Yeah, I yeah. want that. to be in a place where I I yes. crave that. That's yeah. got, that's got to be my breath. That's got to be my water, man. Like, I got to recognize that that my relationship with Yahweh needs to be more important to me than my next breath. So, and if me, it's not, then I'm missing it. Let me ask you this, right? So, like, there's a lot of people that feel that way. Like, and, and, and there's hills and valleys, right? But, like, there's a lot of people that feel that right. way. So, when you are 
Let's say you're in that valley and you're like, I want to want to read my Bible, but I don't want to. Right. Is our is, is our advice read it? Yeah, I do it. Do yes. it anyway. Yes. And so here's the thing. It's Keep like it a little bit. Right? Yeah. Before before we denounce the checkbox as being the worst thing. Right. It's you not the worst thing. I mean, yeah. yeah, not the worst <laughs> yeah, that, thing. That's exa- that's that's the it's play the between. only yes. thing that we got a problem, right? But like before because here's the thing is like given my my American ways of freedom, I'm like I understand the Bible pretty well. I don't know if I have to read it every day. I just read Deuteronomy. <laughs> I feel like that buys me at least two <laughs> weeks off because I struggled through the dudes. <laughs> oh, I made it through the Torah. I think I'm okay for a while. So, but the thing is, you'd be amazed on how far back the tug is when you stop. When yeah. you stop doing that, and you, and you count it as not a thing, right? Like once again, you, you your red solo cup runs out. And then you're like, I don't even know if I need this solo cup. I'm going to stop carrying around and making such a big, hairy deal. out. I know where the water is if I want to come back, you know. And then you find yourself not not two, three weeks down the road, and you're like, I, I haven't even been to the well. I haven't even been to the right. well. And, 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 like, it does slip that easily. And so, like, I don't want to say that, like, you have got to read your Bible every day or Jesus doesn't love you. Or you don't. You got to pray every day or Jesus. That's not true. You know Jesus loves you. That's a fact that yeah. you can't change. That's that's based on his agreements, not yours. Uh-huh. So you can't change that. But for your betterment and for the richness of your life, uh, you you should stop by the well every day. Yeah. You just should. Even when you think, I'm not going to be thirsty today, you right. should go to the well anyway. Right? And so, like, I've gotten in more trouble taking breaks from that well. Right. More trouble Absolutely. by saying, you know what? I'm being too legalistic about my Bible reading and too legalistic about my <laughs> prayer life. And then I ain't kidding you. Four months will go by, uh-huh. and I ain't touched it. And then I go, why does my life feel weird? Something doesn't feel right. right. I still know all the truths of Jesus. Uh-huh. They're backed by nothing, right? They're backed by what I used to know, not what I currently know. And so, like, it does happen that fast, and people are going to rail. They're like, well, I only read my Bible once every two months, and I'm fine. Maybe you are. I don't know that. That's not my call. I know right. Jesus still loves you. I know he still died for you, Right. right? But what I do, know, what I also know is like I know what it feels like when I do that, and like the well's better, right? The rest is better. The Sabbath is better. It's the truth. You don't need to wait till you're dehydrated to take another drink. That's that right, right? You <laughs> like can just a, stay on the level, right? It's okay to just continue to drink your water. You don't you don't have to be in the middle of a desert and thinking to yourself, "Man, I'm so thirsty." You can be in a place where it's like I just had to drink a water. I should probably drink some more water. (laughs) And how much more open can you be to what the Holy Spirit has for you that day when you have water on you? Right. Right? Opposed to being two months from the well, and God's like, hey, I need you to go do this thing, and you're not going to want to do it, but this is where I need you to go. And you're like, man, I just don't, I don't have any. Right. I don't have any water. I don't don't have the water to go. I got, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I should go back and learn more from the scriptures, and then I will go do the thing. Yeah, it's it's super immature to only drink water when you are dying of thirst. Yeah, I've never done that. Yeah, like I've never gone that far with, without drinking water. I usually get a little parched, and I'm like, "All right, it's time yeah. to drink water." I'm totally guilty of this right now, fellas. Yeah, yeah, that's like right same. this minute. Same. Yeah, I started reading James last week with my lady because I just wanted to. Like, I, I realized I'm like, I'm, I'm marrying this girl in six months, and I, I want to just read something. With I need her. to make sure she understands James. <laughs> no, it, 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 actually, it had nothing to do with her. I thought to myself, I need to understand James. I, I have heard too many things about James to never having actually walked through it by myself. Yeah. And, like, it was just random. We just picked it, right? And so I started reading. I was reading a chapter a day, and I read chapter one, and the next day I wrote chapter one and chapter two, and then one, two, and three. And I didn't read today. And, like, it feels weird. 
I feel sad that I didn't read today, and I'm, I, I want to keep that, and so I'm going to make sure I read that today. But how many times have I been here, been, oh, man, I'm sad I didn't read today. And then freaking four months goes by, yeah. and I'm like, hey, you remember when I was planning on reading James? Yeah, I read it for three days and then gave up. Oh, I'm such a boo. I'm glad James only has three chapters. I was great for three days. <laughs> oh, man. Six it's, chapters, James. I, was gonna I don't say, know that. I only read three days. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I thought it was five or six. But six. If I didn't have to do it like for a living, I probably wouldn't either. That's, uh, you know, that's terrible. It's just, but it is. You know? I get it. You know? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Man, why don't we crave lazy. him? I, so, so I instituted, uh, I, 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 I fit in that same bucket. And so yeah. I, instit- I started reading a psalm a day for that reason, is I thought, like, I can't... Um, I, there, there was a number. Of, I was reading like uh, Luke and reading uh, numbers because you want to study on that. And uh, so, like, I was reading a decent amount of Bible, but like, I was just doing it because there was an outcome for it. And I thought, I, it's, I don't. It's not wrong, really, but like, mm-hmm. I right. feel like I'm probably missing something. And so I put. I started the Psalm a day, and I thought this will, this should help. And it has, frankly, it has been. I, I, it's been. It's been great. But I, I, like, it's it's like exercise. It's like anything, right? There's you know it's good for you. God has created it for good. Uh, it's not legalistic. It's faithfulness. Right. God says it's good, and you and you agree whether you feel like it or not, and you do it anyway. That's right. Not smacking your wife around. Is it isn't legalistic? It's faithfulness. Hey, you man. know what I'm saying? Like not doing the wrong thing is not legalistic, right? Like and, and and sometimes we put doing the right thing in that bucket because you did the right thing every day. Now it's legalistic, but because you didn't do the wrong thing, like I haven't killed anybody up to this point in my life, uh, I'm not legalistic. I'm just faithful to not killing a guy. You know what I'm saying? And so it's funny that we tend to turn it around in a weird, oppressive way when it's something that you view as a as a choice. Or as it, actually, it goes back to the stuff you were talking about at the very start of the show, which is like, um, it, it, it be, there's no reason to rail against something that someone that is good, that requires your adherence. You're not being deprived, right? Like, I'm not being deprived. It does not lack honor for me to be able to... Uh, read my Bible daily. If I said, "Hey, look, I'm just going to do this. I intend to do it. I don't feel like it every day." It's it doesn't it doesn't diminish your faithfulness to God because you didn't feel like it. It's because you did it anyway. Because your feelings are so fickle, and like you know that you can easily chase the squirrel or watch the Tiger King or whatever it is that you're doing with your time. Don't judge right? Tiger King. Yeah, like, I did that too. Yeah. So right. So like you have the option, and like just because um, just because it's consistent. And just because you're doing it, it feels like maintenance doesn't mean it's not faithful. In fact, most of God's setup, if you look look in the Torah, it's it's a faithfulness. It's a scheduled faithfulness. Here's how you demonstrate to me. There's no question about it. You don't have to feel any particular way. This is how you show your fealty to me, is you do this thing when this thing happens, and then I will know that you, you honor me, uh, and then I will respond in return. Like... And we're like, boy, that's so restrictive because Jesus doesn't require us to do that. But, like, he replaced it with a different type of faithfulness. It's your whole life, and it's how you treat people, and it's how you follow God faithfully in a realm of which you don't have to do this specific thing because you have to do kind of broadly everything. And, like, you need the Spirit's help to do it. But, like, it's just, it's just the, wrong, it's the wrong thought. Like, to, 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 I think to quote Mike something that you've, you've said, like, what are we actually giving up here? Like if I said, look, rain or shine, I'm going to read my scripture every day and I'm going to focus and give focus time to prayer, even if it's five minutes. Uh, and, and, and we're fighting it like, oh, yeah, but it seems so legalistic. Like, what are you fighting, really? Yeah. What are you going to do with that five minutes that this is not acceptable to you? Well, I don't feel like it. And maybe <laughs> maybe starting to talk to Jesus might change your attitude about it. No, that's true. And, and, and to put that in perspective, there's all kinds of days I don't feel like going to work and I go every day. Right. Every right. day. 
There's all, frankly, there's a lot of times when whatever shows up my dinner table, I'm like, oh boy, I just don't feel like eating that. I eat it anyway oh. because I need to, and to honor the person that provided it. That was hold on. That was my that was my comedy on the Facebook a couple years ago. I'm gonna read it to you so you can laugh. Maybe not. <laughs> hold on. Okay, we won't do it then. It was great though. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. What I thought was said. The girls. What's for lunch tomorrow at school? My wife. Pork meatball soup. Mike says, sounds like a cold lunch kind of day. <laughs> what, was, what was actually said? Girls, what's for dinner tomorrow? Made by beautiful wife. Woman says, pork meatball soup. <laughs> Mike says, sounds like a cold lunch kind of day. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, dang it. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> oh, I've cold lunch ever since. That <laughs> is the best. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Booba said no to that story. Yeah, Booba hates good stories. I do. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's do them. Dear, dear life from the past. I am an 83 year old mother of four. I've been living with my second husband now for 21 years. <clears throat> 19 years ago, my husband loaned one of my daughters and her husband a large sum of money so they could buy a house and pay off bills and judgments. All the necessary paperwork for the loan was signed at the time of the closing with a lawyer present, and it was agreed they would pay us back a certain amount every month. After a few years of mostly regular repayments, the payments dwindled, although they continued to buy expensive electronics and other items. Several years have passed now, and a few checks and cash payments have arrived, but only after much begging. Our lawyer sent them a letter a few years ago telling them to pay up or we would sue them. It resulted in them their not seeing or talking to us for a couple of years. We really need the money now. Maybe she's hoping we will die. What do you suggest we do at this point? Her brothers and sisters don't want to get involved. Yeah, I, I would guess they wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get involved in that mess. Okay, it's too late to take it back. Yeah, the loan's already happened. Right. I'm going to assume it's a large sum of money. Yeah, they're 84. To get a house? They need it. And judgments. Yeah. You, you never loan money unless, without assuming it won't come back, and if it comes back, it's a bonus. I mean, mm. even though you have an attorney, it's your family. It's just, that's just, you know? Yeah. They need the money, Dan. I know they do. They can't eat. They were t- over ge- overly generous. Hmm. They probably spent it on electronics and whatnot. Yeah, and booze. They, yeah, they 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 fixed the symptom, not the problem. They didn't, you know, they didn't teach them some wise financial stewardship along with 20 that. Twenty years ago, holy cow! Long what a loan. Nineteen years ago was it? Yeah, nineteen mm. years ago alone. Okay, let's just get the big things out of the way. One, should they just sue them and get the money? No. What no. if they're going to the poorhouse? Like, they're going to have to sell their main residence and move into a smaller shack. They made the risk. Yep. That's it. Suing them's off the table. You can't, yeah. you're not, it's nope. not worth it. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. suing them. Okay. Is it, uh, try to get the uh, brothers and sisters to go talk to them on your behalf. I find that to be the worst idea. Not yeah, no, that's All the work. ideas, that's the worst idea. Yeah. You've created a big mess, and now you're trying to get everybody else involved in it. Uh, it does stink for you. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, no one's saying that you're not wronged here. I think you're very wronged here, and it really stinks. Uh, but uh, trying to drag everybody else into that mess. I'd say in the will, whatever will you have, that child's already had their inheritance, so just make sure they're not part of it, because that's kind of a cheating on mm. the other ones with the siblings. Yeah. I mean... The other siblings should be mad on their own because obviously if they're moving to the poorhouse, yeah. there's going to be no inheritance. Right. If my brother did that to my parents and 
their livelihood was affected. Like to the point that they like they went to the poorhouse. I'd be furious yeah. with my brother. I'd be furious. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't ask them to step in, but I mean, if they decided, to oh have no, a I'd be the one that stepped yeah. in. Yeah. I'd be like, you've got to be kidding me. You are treating them like dirt. Are you? You're kidding. You stopped talking to them because they asked you to do what you said you would do. Yeah. But look at this TV. I break the TV. <laughs> I'm I'm a real angry guy in that situation. I'd probably bust the TV. I mean, does it make enough sense that like the relationship is strained to the point where you're having the lawyer send letters anyway? That's rough. That it's all right to sue him. Is that what we're saying? I, now is the time to just. I mean, here's the thing. Show love, even when it stinks. Show I don't love. know if that's. Would you feel love. the same way if it was to uh, the guy's friend? Yeah. You loaned money to your best friend 20 years ago and his yeah. wife, and they did the same thing to you. And you go, they, and after they got the money from you, they kind of stopped talking to you. They didn't really have a relationship with you anymore. They kind of got what they wanted. They moved on. Mm, so co- the question is, in what situation would you be willing to take someone to call it small claims court? Give me an example. Let's put a figure on this thing. Let's say it's 200K. They did not loan them $200,000. It had to have been the down payment. It's probably twenty grand. Listen to me. Listen to me here. <laughs> <laughs> Not two hundred grand. And her husband a large sum of money so they could buy a house and pay off bills and judgments. Okay, thirty thirty grand. Seventy five. Thirty two. Fifty. Thirty four. I'm going no lower than fifty. It's fifty. Thirty five. Break. Fifty K is what it is. Thirty five. Right. So let's say it's fifty. <laughs> At eighty three years old. Uh, let's say it's fifty. Okay, so it's fifty. Is there any good reason they've and it was an official loan? It wasn't a hey, pay us back when you can. It was it was it was like just like loaning from a bank. It's got a contract and there's consequences with it that were already laid out. Why is the wrong thing to do to enact the consequences? This is standard disciplinary action that you have with your children. Listen, if you eat that brownie, you get no other brownies today. And they come up at nine thirty at night and say, I would like another brownie. You go, no. You had the brownie. These are the consequences. No more brownies. This was a, a completely legit set forth deal. It's not done out of vengeance or spite. It's a contract, and they broke it. Is there any reason that you can't sue them to get it back? Uh, no, there's no reason that you can't. I think you shouldn't. So you give the kid the brownie at 930. Uh, well. I've been to your house. <laughs> that don't happen. We don't. I think you never so, lend money that you can't, you're not okay losing. I, I mean, so we, here's the question: Is that you're going to like legitimately you're going to die soon? Um, it, regardless of the state of your relationship now, it it has it's got to be completely severed by the time that you send the lawyer. And so, yeah, it's already done. Is it, what, right? But like, what if? Except if you turn around, just and go, we'll get the money. If you say, "Look, we're going to stop all the lawyer stuff," you know that we you know we could really use it. Um, I hope you can get around to paying it back. Yeah, that is that not a move of just like forgiveness and loving on them? Hmm. That's what I meant by that. Is like you you get to be the person that just goes okay, one hundred percent. You, I am your debtor. You owe me money, right? One hundred percent. You owe me a lot of money. Let's call it one hundred and eighty-five grand. Okay, you owe me one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. I love you. I miss you. I wish we were still family. You've never not been my family. I, I'm done coming at you. I'm not suing you. I'm not sending lawyers. I, this is whatever. <clears throat> I'm in the straits, and I could really use the money. But I'm I love you. And and I'm I'm tired of it being a thing. I feel like you might as well do that because you're not getting it anyway. Yeah. And by the way, you can send your response to my new address at the poorhouse. 
Well, that felt like a little but bit here, unnecessary. Here's the thing, though, is because like, you live at South Beach and have big electronics. So, but but I do wonder, like, if you re if you reengage the relationship in such a way that they do this on their own, right? Because you you can't force it. There's no right. good path from the force it, right? But but to the extent that you show that you show some some mercy here to something you're because like it's not mercy if it's not something you're owed. If you, right, like, it, yeah, it has to cost you something, and it's costing them something. It's right, costing them everything. Right. And I don't know if it's costing them everything. You don't know. Uh, they get Social Security. They're doing fine. Yeah, Ben, it's three hundred eighty-five grand. They, they it's three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, Ben. They can lo- move to Alabama. Things are cheaper. Uh, Go to Oklahoma. I don't know. I just I'm, uh, here's the thing. I, I'm not I'm not begrudging what you're saying. I just don't know why you're letting them get away from uh, get away from this. It's it's you have to think awful highly of yourself to feel like. You're taking the higher road on this thing is going to change everything for the best. Uh, Isn't that everything Jesus did? Was, yes. Was, Isn't was, it? Was take away all the consequence that we 100% deserve? Oh, no, that's true. Isn't that the shrewd, the shrewd steward? Like, isn't that the whole deal? The shrewd steward gets extra. The shrewd manager gets extra money by, by being conniving. Uh, no, no. And who, selling goods at half price. Who am I thinking? I'm thinking the guy that shakes down everybody else after his debt is forgiven. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, that's not the shrewd manager. That's the other guy. That's the steward. Yeah, I'm mixing two stories. And then he doesn't. Uh, right, he doesn't show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guy he, in jail. He, he, I mean, you can forgive him, but you can also get the money back. I forgive you. I'm gonna have yeah, to sue but, you to get well, my money back. Really though? Can you? I don't know. I'm asking. No, no, I don't think you can. I don't think that's full forgiveness. I think you could pretend like you forgave them by going. Well, in my heart, I don't feel that anger towards you anymore, but I'm still going to completely hold you responsible for all the money you owe me. That's right. There's a there's a direct re- there's a direct correlation between responsibility and uh, relationship. Uh, the the the, uh, the prodigal son would would not fit that description, right? Because the yes, I accept you back and uh, and I love you. Uh, however, no, you I can't. I will not give you back uh, things that otherwise treat you as a son because you don't deserve it. Yeah, but that situation was different because he gave money that was owed to him in the future. And so a debt wasn't actually carried. He was going to get that money either when the guy died or when he died. I mean, yeah, yes, but at the same point in time, I still think that you're, you're making the right move by, by doing the, the forgiveness here. And Legit forgiveness. You're giving away the consequence because it's not your thing to hold on to. And the dad did not have to sell the farm in the meantime. The son had a farm to come back to and work. I don't know that that story is dependent on the means of the father. I don't know why you would think that. I mean, if you if he if the kid's got because then the kid can't come back from working in the pigs because his his dad doesn't have a house to even have. If the kid would have left and put uh put the remaining son and the dad in the poorhouse to the point where they didn't have a farm at all, then the kid wouldn't have a place to come back so to. Yeah, think, it would just be a poorhouse for him to come back to. Yes. Right. So you and think, that's not a problem. You think Jesus's teaching on the nature of mercy is entirely dependent on how on whether you can still run your own farm? Uh, no. I'm just not. I'm. I'm just not 100. percent I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I'm trying to figure out where responsibility comes in here, right? Like this was all laid out ahead of time. Uh-huh. This is a perf- This is just a, a a regular deal, right? Right? Like, like, hey, I'm buying a candy bar. It costs two dollars. Here's the two dollars. Yep. This is exactly what this is. It's straightforward. Didn't you just get done reading Deuteronomy? I did. Or, or, or Luke? <laughs> yeah, that was that was literally the entire thing of Deuteronomy. Was these the laws that I'm setting out for you? If you mess them up in any way, shape, or form, you are not worthy of of me. Right. And, well, but that's the thing. And then Jesus like, came in, took away all of that. I mean, look at the Deuteronomy. I'm trying to figure. Out, mm. Wait, Dan, you got something, Luke? Luke? Luke six. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back for the same amount. 
But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High. Yada, yada, yada. Hmm. I think that's, that's why I, never, I would never lend money. Okay. I lent probably $80,000 to my girls to go to school. Both of them swear they will pay it back. One of them yesterday we had a conversation, and I just kind of smile and nod and say, we'll see. I, I am not expecting <laughs> no, I'm not expecting I, I don't mean that like, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah. but I'm just like, I totally, right. and that's like we explained to my wife when we were alone. It's like, I totally do not expect them to pay a dime. If they do, great. You know, yeah, count of joy. One, yeah, great. I did this as a gift. You know, it, it was to help them in, in their next step. Uh, I will be in the poorhouse. I mean, I'm in their situation. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm not that far from retirement, and I, I, I'm, so I'm going to aggressively try to have that paid off before they even get out of school. But uh, I have to be really aggressive, and I'm not right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I but, but you know what? I lent that with full expectation of, well, whatever. I'm just doing it. That's my daughter. And I would guess that they did not lend it under the premise. Like the story that we're reading, they did not lend that under the premise. They lent it under the premise that they were going to get paid back. Yeah, so so I think like technically you're right that like if there's a contract there, there it's the fact that their family is not really relevant. It's any other party. You could try to execute it. You could try to sue your children into the small claims court or the large claims yeah. court and get the money. Um, I, the question is, is does that actually help or improve anything that you really care about? And if it does, well then you'll get your just rewards. Um, if you care about other things, you're going to have to approach it differently. And I think the, the right means is to say, look, I, I don't want to fight about this anymore. And so we forgive the debt. Yeah. We made a poor choice. I, I, you know, we expected this to get back, and now we're disappointed. That's on me. Yeah, I take responsibility for, for putting us in the situation and putting you in that situation. Because right, the time to not take the, ki- to the kid to have the brownie is she shouldn't have, lent, she should have done it in the first place. Like to note that they're, respons- they're not responsible enough to handle the situation um, they probably shouldn't have done it. But uh, knowing that that's past and knowing that you cannot control someone else's behavior, you can at least control your own. And here it would say, you made a mistake. I just don't open to it as a mistake. And then it, that may improve the relationship. They may try to help out. It may give you a few years where you get some reconciliation, which I think is probably worth more than where you're at, even if you're in the poorhouse. Um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't, it's not reasonable, but I think it is practical. I think it is the right, the right situation. Okay. Okay. Secular says, I am truly sorry, but because your other children refuse to become involved in convincing your deadbeat daughter and her husband to pay you what they owe you, you have no other choice but to contact the lawyer who drafted the loan agreement and instruct him to follow through. Jenkins, fire up Please. the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. It's like that's an overall uh, hard... I think it's a hard word. Yeah. Uh, really. Because, like... You can look, once again, you can look in Deuteronomy, right? and you can find direct consequence for action. And action produces, I mean, there's some things that, that, that even God will, he just will not tolerate. If you do this, you will be put to death. That's it. We're not going to allow it. You know, these kind of things are, are no. And so God does not appear to be uh, without setting standards and consequences for those standards when, when, when they're not met, when they're not followed. But then on the other hand, uh, you look at, at Jesus' teaching, he goes, that's true. You could definitely do that, and you're well within your rights. Right. Uh, same thing when he, when he talks about divorce. You could get a divorce. Is, you are well within your rights to do that. I'm going to admonish you not to do that. I think that, that, that you can go through this another way and look at people the way that I'm looking at people. 
and, and, and realize that there's more joy to be had in the way that the world has intended. I've had to set these restrictions and these consequences in because of the cracked world. But on its face and on, in its original design, uh, these wouldn't have been things that we would have had to have dealt with. But I'm having to give you these criteria because of the crack that happened. So, um, like I said, I, I, I'm not in disagreement with you, and I'm not to say that I would not do the same thing. But I know that coming from, like, that's just a, that's just a hard, that's a hard lesson t- to watch, right? As someone, as, as someone who took all, took money from you, uh, continues to prosper even, or we'll say look like they're prospering as you dwindle into nothing and like you, it's all a you kingdom thing, right? Like you slowly end up in dirt and nothing as you get older. Uh, when that was not your intention, you didn't work that way. You didn't save that way. You had prepared something well. And someone took advantage of you, and you are going to forgive them and smile and really love them and go, you know what, not only is the debt forgiven, um, but my heart against you is also forgiven. And so we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to cancel this thing. And, like, it's really hard to convince people uh, that there's joy to be found there, even mm-hmm. if Jesus says there is, <laughs> right? Like, that's just hard. That's hard to take in. <laughs> See, I don't even know that I would forgive the debt. I would say, here's the deal. If you can pay it, pay it. We're going to keep this open, but it's not going to affect our relationship. I'm going to love you no matter what. It was our choice, not yours. I mean, it was yours too, but it, right. uh, we made the mistake. You didn't. Um, well, you did too. Right. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You took the money from me, but I probably should not have offered it up. Yeah. Realizing I that could have said no. if you weren't going to pay, that I was going to act this way. Mm-hmm. And like that, that is something to be said to be so having some forethought and go, if this goes sour, I don't know that I'm going to handle this well. So let, let the bank be the, the, the heavy. The arbiter. Yeah. Got to be a reason the bank wouldn't give them that money. Get the loan from the bank. See, I've been on both sides of this. Uh, when I, we were in Atlantic, there, there was a family. We had, we had some uh, medical stuff, whatever, stuff, life, you know. And his family knew we were struggling. They came and said, hey, uh, we'd like to lend you $50,000. I'm like, that's uh, insane. Um, right. And uh, they, Why do you they, have $50,000? <laughs> yeah, first of all, people have that much? <laughs> Just sitting in an account. Yeah. I make 24000 a year. <laughs> like, I didn't know people could have that much just sitting there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, so they s- set up an amortization thing, and we signed documents. And But you know what? It's an integrity thing, too. Like, that was the first bill we paid every month. We never missed. We, right. We, like, I, that was the happiest day of my life to say, I'm a, thank you. You saved me, our family. It was great. We paid you, even gave them interest. And, yeah, it was a win-win for everybody. Yeah, but, right. So it can be done well. This, it can this situation be. It can was not, be. but... Okay, one more, Ben. Ready? Yep. Quick. Dear Life from the Path, my husband retired four years ago. At first, he seemed to enjoy not having to go to work. (laughs) Then he got bored and he needed something to do. For some reason, he bought an old Corvette to restore. I was supportive until I found out it's an expensive hobby. (laughs) That was a shock to you? (laughs) (laughs) Finding and buying... Look at that piece of crap. It can't cost anything. It's only the second most expensive thing at your place. (laughs) You thought this was going to be a collected flowers? Uh, Okay, finding and buying all the replacement parts costs money. He's been working on that car for three and a half years now. As soon as he gets it ready to drive, something else breaks. Meanwhile, he has bought four more old Corvettes, quotes to work on. <laughs> Our backyard looks like a junkyard. Yes, it does. We haven't had a vacation trip since he retired, not even a weekend to the mountains. He argues that we, won't, we can't afford it, but he spends thousands on those old cars. It has become an obsession for him, and it's, quotes, driving me crazy. Any suggestions? Yeah, you're married. Have that conversation. <laughs> Here's the deal. Take it away from him. He'll die in three months. You're good. <laughs> Sweet Moses, yeah. Dan. Take away his reason to live. That's yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, take away his ability to have joy in this, and then hopefully he withers take soon. Take his purpose. Collect the life insurance afterwards. 
Oh, man, Dan. I didn't say it was good advice. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right, as long as you're not fronting, that's the good deal. I think yeah, you have a conversation hit, with him. You should hit him with a stinger. Say, look, you either need to get better at this or you need to quit. Yeah. These are your options because the amount of money that's costing ain't going to continue. So you either need to become a better mechanic or you need to stop <laughs> working on cars. These are your options. Yeah, I mean, this that's not, fair. it's not unreasonable. Just do one at a time. Yeah. Like, quit buying excess cars. Like, I, I, you got to have a hobby. You gotta no, keep he's buying them for parts. Uh, well, can't you just go? Can't you just get it from the junkyard? Yeah, but I mean, if you look at a car and you're like, "Hey, man, I bet I could probably use the rear quarter panel off this thing." Yeah, and you're saving big bucks here. buying a right, right. Just yeah. buy the shell. I'll just buy the whole thing, and then I can rob parts off it to get the ultimate Corvette, uh, which still has not happened yet. <laughs> and the bunny's got a place to live in the summertime. Yep. Yeah, you have every right to have budgetary conversations with your husband. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You're just gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, there's no unless the guy's like a a, a total moose, like. It, He's going to have to react to the fact that you say, look, all the money's going out the window here, and I'd like to go on vacation, and you live in a marriage, and so we've got to right. figure this out together. Yeah. Perfectly yeah. fine. You're well, not being selfish. You're fine. Have the conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. begrudge him his hobby, but, like, I mean, uh, dudes get tunnel vision, right? You know what I'm saying? They're like, I've got to do this thing. Yeah. I've got to yeah. do this thing. I've got to do this thing. Unless it's Bible reading. Right. Unless it's Bible reading, they're like, <laughs> I don't know. Every couple months, <laughs> yeah. fine. We seem to move on that uh, yeah. tunnel vision thing there. Yeah, and then all consequences go to the wayside, and you forget things and whatever, and you start acting a fool. And right, sometimes someone you just need to give them a quick lasso, pull them back in, and go look. Uh, I, I got to tell you, from uh, two thousand feet up, this looks ridiculous, and uh, you're acting like a, like a fool. Oh yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you you owe him that. You owe him a stern conversation. If you're not willing to have that, then you don't care enough. Or you even a compromise, like, hey, uh, why don't you get like a part time job and use that for the budget for your cars? Yeah, not not our planned retirement money. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah, you can drive that hillbilly garage, wagon into Walmart it. every day, and you can be a greeter if this is what you're going to do. Exactly. Right? you got to do something to support the thing because you're pulling from a well that it wasn't built for. Yeah. Okay. Segular says, healthy couples discuss large purchases before making them. What your husband is doing is destructive to your relationship. It also seems as though he's using his hobby as a way to avoid spending time with you. <laughs> My suggestion is that you and your husband find the money to consult a marriage counselor because that's what's going on. Uh, because what's going on is unfair to you. And if you need a vacation, consider taking one by yourself or with a friend. She does this all the time. Her her constant advice is, screw that guy. You'll go do whatever you want. That's her fix for everything. Yeah, hey take, man, the, take if, the cruise to the Mediterranean with your buddy. Yeah. Don't take <laughs> Hank, the guy that won't wear a blazer. I don't like that advice. That is completely missing the problem. Yeah. Right? That's not the problem at all, is whether you can make it to Ireland or not. The it's, problem is that you wanted to go with your husband. Right? You had this thing in mind. And then it's not going to happen. And, like, you going by yourself is not near as fun. That sucks. Yeah, and I would also say that, like, especially when you're talking uh, the, the dude being the wrong party here, just don't assume that he's put thought into it. I think <laughs> Yes. I, uh, Agreed. I mean, I know that you like to believe that about him, but he probably hasn't. There it may be has, no underlying nefariousness. Yeah, he, he saw has, an ad and said, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems all right. Oh, this is kind of fun. I'll just go do this thing. Uh <laughs> I, I wish that we weren't such daft creatures, but we, we just are. Like, it just you just get to the point where, like, it did not even... I don't know how many times my wife has said something to me, and I said, Look, baby, I, I, seriously, <laughs> it did not even occur to me what you're saying. And I am very sorry that it did not. Right. And she's like, well, I want it to occur to you next time. I said, I, I don't know how to control <laughs> that, to be honest. That. I, I wish it would pop into my mind, but I just, the synapse is a good old firing. <laughs> and so I want it to occur to me, and I will do my best, but I, you know... It just does not occur to me. And so I, I, I'm, I want to say that a lot of dudes are just like that. Whatever it is that might be grinding on you, just say it out loud. Feel free to say it five times. He probably didn't even 
he's not going to notice. You're going to feel like you're nagging him. You're not. He doesn't know. And so just have the conversation. For heaven's sakes, you got money problems. The first thing you don't do is go give your money to a third party to help you have a conversation you have for free in the garage next to the Corvette. Just start talking <laughs> yeah. about it. We're broke. Exhibit A. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us. We really much do appreciate it. Uh, besides the fact that uh, Dan called us heretics on the complaint line. What? We didn't hear anything else. <laughs> Dan. Ooh, what? <laughs> Shoot us a, a phone call or text 515-517-0085. Uh, and feel free to leave the reviews about the show out on your favorite uh, platform in which you get it. Even if it's a bad review, we appreciate your honesty. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Anyway, we will uh, see you next week. Uh, in the meantime, be faithful means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>